millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, welcome to episode 133 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. I hope we're finding you good and well. I don't know if you saw on the socials, last week I met up with a friend of mine and of the podcast, Gita Joshi, from the Curator's Salon. Gita was invited along to Julie Bennett's End of Residency exhibition at the Bankside Hotel, which is on the south side of Blackfriars Bridge. The hotel gives a space over for an artist in residence every six to eight weeks. And for a business to do that in such a prime location, it's quite a thing, right? But anyway, Gita took me as her plus one. And I've got to say, it was damn fine to see her again. And Julie Bennett creates some great portraits over her residency. Go and check her out on the socials. Next on the agenda, our Patreon supporters. Thank you guys, this podcast could not be created without you. And as we say, this content is free for everyone, but it is self-funded, so if you like what you hear, and you can spare the equivalent to a cup of coffee every month, you'll find the link over on the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll see a Linktree drop-down box. Just follow the link to Patreon, and everything's there for you. And as I say, if you can, great. If you can't, no worries. But back to this week's episode. Joe Peel. This episode, along with several others, have had to sit on the back burner for a little while because we got commissioned to create several podcasts for the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week. And I should add, their festival is running until the end of August and they're doing so much inspiring work around the communities of Kensington and Chelsea. But yes, Joe Pill. I first saw Joe's work several years ago in Ben Oakley's gallery in Greenwich Market. 
And what I instantly loved about Joe's work was, although you can see she's depicting the present moment, they sort of emit that warmth of nostalgia, you know? And Joe is best known for these distinctive line drawings of our ever-changing urban landscapes. She was born in Sheffield but lives in London and she spends her time documenting the evolution of the cityscape, capturing the demolition of the old to make way for the new. Joe's illustrative style gives a heartwarming nod of respect to each environment she chooses as her subject and she executes them in a variety of mediums ranging from paint on canvas and fine art prints to hand painted animations and huge public murals. And in this podcast we speak about Joe's latest animation which is called Gravity and because the amount of time that's lapsed you can now see that animation on Joe's website which is www.joepill.com. So yeah, Joe Pill has been on the list of artists to speak to from the moment I started the podcast. So I was proper stoked to get the opportunity. So please, come and join me over Zoom as I spoke to Joe Peel. When you're an artist, you just, like, things just happen and you just deal with it. Don't yeah. you? So you're like, oh, it's another thing to deal with. And it's like, you know, day to day, it's like, it's cool. You know, we we'll just get on with our work. And Although this one's been dragging on quite a while. It's it has been dragging on. <laughs> it's getting but... boring now, isn't it? See, yeah, I'm just like... I would not like, yeah, I would not want it to continue forever. But like in terms of like a creative sort of like, it's quite nice not having any work, yeah. you know, like I've been wanting this for years, to be honest, just a time off to like, <laughs> just reflect and just have some time to think. It's and, like, I mean, then... I don't know if you know my background, but I was in prison for quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, a uh, bit like that. And <laughs> no. yeah, and sometimes like when I talk to guys, like some mates who was there as well, yeah. Sometimes you go, oh, it'd be nice just to have like a month in there. Yeah. Think, I th- get out of society, let, let the world stop for a moment, evaluate, and then exactly. and, and crack on and jump back out there, you know. I mean, in reality, you'd rather not, but the idea of... Absolutely. Idea yeah, of a nice right, prison. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what rehab is, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, well, people nice there, prison. You know, <laughs> people now are realising what it's like to have like your liberty taken away. Yeah, for you sure. Pandemic, people are going right. You can't do this and you can't do that, and you're going, "Oh, hold on a minute, I don't like this." You know. Um, I have seven questions that I ask each artist. Okay, great. The first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Um, it's always such a hard one, isn't it? Because like, the whole point of artwork is that it's visual, and so explaining it with words is. Uh, it's tricky, but um, I, I go for it. My work's about urban regeneration, about um, the sort of things within that, are like gentrification, displacement, and the interplay between environment and the urban space. So um, when you look at my work, you see buildings, you see trees growing through buildings, a lot of um, cranes, and it's all taken very much from the world as it is now when I see it. Yeah, and so um, there's yeah. definitely an innocence to your style of drawing. You almost, even if it's a mural, it's as if you draw rather than paint on the wall, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I developed my style just yeah from drawing in sketchbooks, and um, wanted to something find something that was quite unique to me, and just like went at it until I found something that felt felt well, natural. What I like about your work, and I first saw it several years ago. At um, ben Oakley's gallery. Oh, lovely! Nice. And um, 
there is a there is an innocence initially when you see your work because it's just just two or three colors along with black and white there's an innocence to the line and then when you look and and see what you're drawing you are sort of it's a nostalgic reflection on what is and what was and what's to come isn't it you know yeah and I think and then bringing in those sorts of questions about like you know what what are we doing <laughs> with our yeah. with our world and um you know and I like I, I like the fact that my work is quite accessible for people to look at and it's not like, um, you know, I, I want people to enjoy looking at it, but I also want to sort of ask some more, slightly more difficult questions, I suppose. What's the history of your style? Like, how did it come about? I, I think it was like a, probably a shyness thing, to be honest, like in terms of like, initially I'd, just drew things that like didn't involve like staring at people and like so and like in a sketchbook so it's small because I like to draw things but like when you're out and about and people see you and it's like too big or too expressive like there's like people ask you what you're doing whereas if you're like drawing really small in a sketchbook you can get away with it and then got that feel when I saw your paintings in Ben's it did feel like a sketch that you'd blown up onto the canvas and then when I saw then, your murals, yeah, even more so, yeah. They've it, got even bigger, yeah. yeah and that's a lovely, lovely experience to see them on a wall for the first time. Yeah, the strange irony of, like, working privately and then turning it into a huge it, mural. It, it's makes, like... it, it made me feel small. And, it's yeah, it's that good sort of play on your senses, you know? Nice, yeah. There's, a, there's another question I've got here, which is, when was your first interest in art? I've I've just always been interested in art I think like even when I was a kid it was like I'm gonna be an artist and then like as I grew up it was like oh you know what do you really want to do like you know that <laughs> way like that's nice like but come on let's get like think about a real job and you know it was like I don't know I just always sort of saw the world visually I suppose and I was yeah. really interested in like I don't know, I found it easier to describe visually than with words. And so, yeah, as a, and then, like, it kind of, it was weird. It was an accident, I guess. Like, well, not an accident, but um, I tried to do loads of creative jobs to earn money, and I was always just going to make art on the side. And so it was like, I did, like, interior design, I did, like, event stuff, stuff for film and festivals, like, all that sort of thing. And then... Oh, great, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, I just I was always like drawing when I got the chance. And then when I moved to London, it was just like, yeah, people, I got my work in front of people and they started showing it. And yeah, I showed it Scroll Collective with Rick uh, Blackshaw in Carnaby Street nice. alongside some other like established artists. And yeah, people bought my work and I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> no way. Like, when did you move yeah. to London and from where? Well I, well, I moved up from Cornwall. Um, I lived in Falmouth for, after my degree for like seven years. Um, and yeah, I moved there from Sheffield. Um, so yeah, I'd moved down south to Cornwall and then moved to London from Cornwall. Um, and I think like, because living in Cornwall, like people just didn't really get my work. So I was quite used to like 
making work that didn't appeal to people so <laughs> it was like oh you're not on your own now yeah yeah so then I, when I moved to London that was what was so surprising because I was still making this work about construction sites and I like I was fascinated by the East London line I was just drawing like that and how it was like changing that whole neighborhood and Shoreditch and everything because like yeah. you know it was such a point of change for that whole area like and so I was like drawing all the bridges going up and then yeah well, it's any urban environment your your work will sit well in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How, when not... you when did you first take that leap from the sketchbook canvas up onto the wall? Well, like when I lived in Cornwall, I used to do like restaurant design, like yeah. so, and I used to do like massive murals of like anything that they wanted, like be it like Kylie Minogue or like a Moroccan tile scene yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, it was like, or like the logo of the, the restaurant, you know, yeah, just- of course, anything to make money with your hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like that and like, cause I was, yeah, worked as a waitress all the way through uni and then like the people who ran the restaurant knew that I didn't want to do that forever. And just did loads of stuff with them. And um, yeah, and then it was like, I guess it just was quite natural, like, it came naturally drawing big yeah. but I never considered putting my own work big and then when I moved to London it was like yeah I was hanging out with people who were street artists and doing that sort of thing and it was like oh you could like you know come like you do big work and then you draw so why not just do your work big and nice. uh yeah I was quite daunting at first I think I was yeah it's quite a lot to initially break that thing of like putting yeah. yourself out there and then I mean, that's, then, that's quite a bold leap, isn't it? Going from, yeah, from the canvas yeah. to the wall like that. That's, yeah, yeah. It's probably like, look at, look at me, isn't it? You know? Yeah, well, that's it. And I think, like, I don't know, especially being a northern girl, like, you don't really want people to look at, you know, it's like you don't, you get told not to tell yeah. people to look at you, I suppose. So, like, yeah, I had to get over that. Like, Who was your influences at the time when, um, when you was developing the style that you've got now, do you think? Oh god. I tried not to be influenced, to be honest. I liked like Hundertwasser, like his like, you know, like rejection of the straight line and the sort of idea yeah, of like yeah. using like a, a fluid line to draw something straight like architecture, because um when you see like I, I've always loved architecture, but like architectural drawings would always be using a ruler and like I've just never got on well with straight lines. So I've yeah. Well, I think that, that where you don't draw with the straight line, that's what gives a lot of the age to your work as well, making it look like an old building because the, yeah. with the old buildings with the dilapidation, you know, it does push them a bit off of square, doesn't it? You know, exactly. It, and it you does, only, yeah, you only have to get a build like... around to the house and they'll tell you that no building is square, you know. <laughs> the, um, film, Joe, you, you've worked a, a fair bit with film. Yeah. And um yeah, I see one of your animations a few years ago and um, nice. yeah, liked that a lot. Oh, thank um, you. I see one of your um one of your paintings sort of coming to life on film and and being a film as well, you know. It was what was your your background in film or did you just enjoy it? Um well my background in film was that I applied for a film art degree at um oh, Sheffield um yeah. Sheffield Uni and got rejected and, and never never tried again so that was like that was it so like no 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 history whatsoever like other than wanting to and then 
um basically I was making a lot of work and I, like you know my work is quite naive and it's got a certain look to it mm. but I have got like stories that I want to tell in it and that there's like more than meets the eye in terms yeah. of like just a you know an old building just drawn because it's cute and it'll sell and so I wanted to get those stories across in my work and I thought the best way would be to animate it <laughs> so yeah I just did it the um and it's 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 sort of telling a story, the animation at the time, isn't it? And yeah, and you put some damn fine music in the back as well, don't oh, you? I thought, yeah, yeah. The I mean, the music's like so much of it. It's, yeah, uh, it feels yeah, almost like, like a um, like a music video. The uh, well, funnily, funnily enough, I'm actually my lockdown project, which is uh, probably what's keeping me so happy, is um, a new. I'm making three animations. And like a film, like a, like an actual film with a oh, nice. with an actor in it, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm actually writing the song, so yeah, the yeah. soundtrack. So, yeah. Oh, you ain't sitting around, <laughs> are you? Good luck. Yeah, what's that about? If you if you don't mind me asking, um, if you're able to to mention. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. So it's like a personal project, basically. Um, I've been wanting to do something for a while film-wise and like during lockdown I made another um, animated film for uh, a friend's music video I've made that over the summer I just absolutely loved it it was so amazing you know and you like I've reconnected with it because yeah. to be honest like sometimes the animations are such a struggle like I've never made a penny from them like overall in terms yeah. of like the amount of work that goes into them apart well I've, I have had a few like commercial ones but you know it's like it's a labor of love and sometimes yeah. it just yeah. takes it out of you so I did that one. I really enjoyed it. And I also, the filmmaker I was working with, we really got on and like, it was just a lovely experience, like collaborating. Yeah. And um, so we were in chats about like what we could do and like, and then I just found this like story that I wrote when I was 15. <laughs> and oh, nice. And I, you know, and you're just like, yeah, just like reflecting, thinking about stuff. And it was just like, you know, a classic sort of story that I wrote. The teacher had written a comment that was like, oh, you know, it's all right, but not not great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like your spelling's a bit off. Oh, you know, course. like did you, you know. write it? Yeah, so I wrote the script from that. Nice. And um, yeah, started from there. Like, uh, yeah, got the filmmaker back on board. He was like well into it. Um, and so we started putting it together. We filmed the film. I've made yeah, I've made all the three animations now. Excellent. Um, and it's basically it's about a girl who gets uh, evicted from her flat. And that's that's all that happened. Is it, is but it yeah, it's, like, it's in. I made it in my studio. So I built a um, a kitchen out of cardboard in the oh, studio. Nice, nice. So it's like this like three D set that I've like yeah built and then like um, yeah sort of all hand painted on the walls and everything. And um, and she yeah so she sort of comes in and it's set in there and then like like certain bits of the film it goes in and like it, then it turns into like a hand painted animation. Nice. That I made like on the walls on the studio and then this little sculptural piece as well. Where's and, it likely uh, to be complete, do you know? Uh, we're gonna launch it in June. So yeah, that's the plan. What, I wanna... What are you gonna do with it? I don't know. That's, <laughs> like, that's an area I know, I know nothing about. It's um it's a real tricky one because in a weird, you know, it's like it is a passion project, like no one's commissioned me, like there's no sort of outlet for it. So I'm just like and that's why I'm gonna wait until like it'll be finished before June but I'm going to wait until June because I want to create some sort of like buzz around it and then you know like hopefully guess you know share on social media like try and create a uh 
get people interested. Release a poster. <laughs> you mentioned um, working with a filmmaker. They, it wasn't Aaron by any chance. Aaron, I have worked with Aaron, Aaron Shrimpton, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we have made an animation together, but this guy's called Jordan Carroll. Oh, sorry. And uh, yeah, he's based in Sheffield. I'll definitely work with Aaron again. When I saw him put something up um, a couple of weeks ago regarding your uh, an artwork that you'd made in Southend. Yeah. Um, I contacted him then and I said, oh, I've been meaning to contact you for so long um, about coming on here. Oh, no. After a, a little chat with him, that I said, I'll just contact her now and just, just ask if she's, if she's got a spare hour or so, you know, to, yeah, nice to have a chat. When was it you realised that you wanted to be an artist? I guess, like, you know, when someone first bought my work. But, like, even then, it was, like, the art ladder's been such a strange journey for me. Like, yeah. it's, like, I just never thought that it was one I'd be on. So I always thought about what I could do to supplement it. And then the art, like overtook the, like I was like getting jobs to supplement my art and then I was like wait a minute I'm supplementing that I don't yeah, yeah I'm supplementing that other work that I don't like never even wanted to do really I mean it's yeah. not that I didn't want to do it you know like it just sort of there's something about like I don't know it's like it wouldn't matter if you're being paid or not when you just like have to sort of make things it's like yeah. a compulsion or something yeah, <laughs> some so sort many, of personal therapy exactly so, so many guys I've spoke to on here started that way where they've got a job they're doing art they want to be an artist and at that point when they just go hold on a minute i'm now an artist i'm no yeah. longer whatever you was doing before you know yeah it's a crazy so like it's a hard transition actually in terms of um yeah because you you think oh you know what if this is fleet it so you have to sort of keep the job for a while i think yeah. just to be like oh my god like what if everything falls down and i think like yeah i was like Probably a bit too afraid for too long, to be honest. But I feel yeah, it's, it's just that little push of confidence. You need to kick yourself yeah. up the arse and and get yourself moving, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's a hard, scary moment. Which piece that you've created, Joe, um, has got the strongest emotional connection? Do you think? Probably the thing that I'm making now, the film. Yeah. Because you know it's the first time I've ever written a song, <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, pretty big. Um, yeah, like it's that like it's like a classic cheesy thing to say, isn't it? The one I'm making now, but it always is because like you're emotionally invested in the piece that you're making at the yeah. moment, and like you know, like I've been emotionally invested in a lot of the things that I've done, but once they're sort of you just sort of move on, don't you? It's like yeah. Yeah, well, in with an artist, you've got you're sort of on your track, and you've you've half got your your destination in mind, and and you just sort of plod along. Then all of a sudden, when something like this comes along, and you sort of push your energies in a different direction it's sort of new ground that you're traveling along isn't it and it becomes yeah. quite quite exciting doesn't it you know yeah for sure I think that's it yeah it's like and that's the thing of being an artist like the exciting things of like they're sort of why we do it as well aren't they like you know you sort yeah. of like um those moments where you're like challenging yourself I suppose like like it'd be easy to sort of like rest on a tried and tested model but like yeah, if that was the case, then... Yeah, it's nice to yeah. know what's not round the corner for <laughs> yeah. change, isn't it, you know? To see yeah, for sure. coming your way. Obviously, you work in different um, areas, be it um, mural, now film, and, and song, and, you know... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and your pen and everything. How do you relax? 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How do I relax? Uh, I've got, um, well, I've been, I've been learning the ukulele. <laughs> like lockdown skill, yeah, and the bass guitar. So oh, I've been like, I know. So I've been like, well, I've always wanted to learn the bass. And then um, I got given a ukulele over lockdown. And like, so I started like practicing that and like unlock the fear. Again, you know, it's that thing of like, oh, like you can't be a musician and you're like oh you know it's just practice isn't it anything creative it's like yeah the yeah. fear is like your own making like as long as you've got an interest in it you just practice and you can do it so and what one that's do you prefer? Been fun. like I, i'm better at the ukulele so i'm like yeah because i've been spent more time on it and i guess like with the bass like i've not got into the like the vibe of it yet like i've not been able to like freeform really, on it it's really a grown-up instrument isn't it yeah and it's like <laughs> it's a weird one like I thought I'd like be more in tune with it but I feel like it's like a slower yeah process if there was you and five other artists past and present what would your ideal group show be well um I think that um it's it's a weird one this sort of like a group show like I don't know like um at the moment if there's five others at the moment I've set up a group of uh six the six of us six uh female artists all um based in the local area nice and then um, we're what we what we're doing is like uh trying to create like a little like sort of network as it were sort of noticing this sort of i don't know the patriarchal imbalance is where it all sort of stems from but um realizing that like the reason that exists is isn't because of like like men's fault it's because like men are just friends with friends with yeah. men yeah. and it's sort of like we're always like trying to get into their gang trying to get into their group show can you so feel, can you feel that there's a change over the last 10 years for instance yeah absolutely so these yeah there's um i'll say their names because it's good to uh, get them out there in the world but uh, yeah uh, grace foster and her name's femme sorcell in the street art realm she yeah. makes beautiful wall pieces and then uh, Isabel Dubic, Victoria Billingham, Leah Edwards and Zoe Genders nice. and um, yeah like what's great is like we're all across different age ranges and like we're all sort of at completely different levels in our careers yeah but um yeah I've really noticed that um the younger people don't see the same sort of inequalities that like older, older nice? ones sort of like isn't, yeah isn't and I'm nice? just it's like reassuring. it's so reassuring and it's so like amazing because you know though I think like I don't know on international women's day me and some of my friends like just get a bit bitter and angry <laughs> like, <laughs> try and not say anything we're like yeah. oh god like it's just like you know like we're not we're not ready to sort of um we've not I don't know. It's like you're in denial, like you're fighting against something for so long. And now it's like things are changing, but they've still not changed. And yeah. it's like sometimes you want to just be like, oh, like everything's, you know, you don't want to be reminded that yeah. like it's hard still. I mean, but I was that's... speaking to Ada Wilde recently. Yeah, yeah. She's um, a good friend of mine. I've not got her on here yet. We was just organising that. Oh, amazing. And You've got to get her on. She wanted to speak about the um, patriarchy in street art. Yeah. And I'm, I'm from a fine art background, so my um, street art 
knowledge is minimal anyway. But also, you know, see, seeing things through through male eyes, I do have a completely different viewpoint on it. You know, so I, 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 as much as I do see inequality, and it's obviously different from a, a woman's point of view. So I said, so please come on and, and sort of, let's talk about it, you know, and educate me and, and educate anyone around. No, yeah, that's what's great, isn't it? It's about educating people, but it's about educating them and realising that, like, things are changing people are willing to listen but like the the change will come from like sort of positive sort of movements not yeah. like not blaming other people for where we are just like working out how to change them and yeah. I suppose that's the the point of sort of you know like like women like working together rather than like being like climbing over each other trying yeah. to be the one token woman yeah. in a show yeah. like yeah. being like yeah like let's set our own shows and then like you know we can invite the men if they want to come it's got so much better it's just like it's that thing that it still exists and like and I guess what's interesting is that now you sort of can call it out and it's like I don't know things are changing but for me and like Ida it's like weird because we've been through this time where we've we've I think we're, com- we're just realizing now that things have changed in the art yeah. world so much how hard it was before and we've lived you know we've been working for like yeah 15 years for me I don't know like her similar I think like and then and like most of that has been just really really hard and you're like oh my god like it's so annoying imagine if like 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 we could have been treated equally the whole time like that would have like but you know and it's hard to like deal with like being pointed when I started hearing women speaking of the patriarchy which was when I was at uni when I first yeah yeah. I was like well hold on a minute I've not done anything wrong, like me, you know, taking it Absolutely, personally. yeah. I've not pushed anyone down. And it, it did take a while of, of, you know, from coming from such an ignorant environment like being in jail. Yeah. And getting used to knowing that it wasn't me directly that, <laughs> yeah. that it was being pointed at. But for a little while, I was like, well, hold on a minute, you know, it's, don't have a pop at me personally. And, yeah. and they wasn't, but it was just me that was taking it personally because all of a sudden it was focusing on me and how I do act. And when I re- like reflect on stuff, I go, like, yeah, I have done that in the past, you know, Absolutely. And, and it's just the way that I was brought up and, and that's what my mate's done. So you do it to keep in line. And, and then before long you go, hold on a minute, that's not really acceptable. So make a little adjustment and yeah, every, it affects everyone in a positive way, doesn't it? You know? Exactly. And I think that's it. And like women are affected by the, patriarchy in in just the same way you know we sort of like are also judging women negatively you know like even that classic oh bloody woman driver all of that sort of stuff it's like it feeds in and you just like and what's changed recently is you're like oh it's okay to be fit being female isn't like a dirty little secret anymore I can like yeah yeah, tell people about it (laughs) everyone wants a positive change it's just a lot of people want it at a different speed or a different rate don't they yeah the, the, the positive thing is it's definitely changing in, in every yeah. aspect. But my, my kids don't... I grew up in the in the 80s when race was a... Oh, my God, yeah. Issue. And my kids now, although I had kids late in life, they're um, 16 and 14, mm. they don't see it whatsoever. Amazing, yeah. yeah. And it, it's really reassuring. And like they say, well, we only see it online. You know, we, in school, we don't see it. You know, it's, and it's brilliant. It's, it's yeah. really reassuring that you can look back and you can see society is changing. Absolutely. Because that's it. It's like, it's stereotypes and fear, isn't it? And people like, yeah. 
being afraid of the unknown and and also I think what's sad is like I guess the sort of the the endangered white man who who is scared exactly. <laughs> is yeah, like scared. they're they're scared because like um they feel like they've not got a footing in society and so they're worried that if these people are allowed to like have a point of view or yeah. a voice then that will affect their their position but I yeah. think like well, that's well, it is always sort of plodding on through life with your attitude and and nothing sort of threatens it and then all of a sudden yeah. you've got people questioning how you do things and and to anyone you know yeah. if, if your actions get questioned by a stranger all of a sudden your first thing is to defend your actions yeah and then sure. afterwards you might go oh, possibly they weren't they weren't right you know like I said like you know walking down and sort of giving a, a girl the eye you don't mean anything <laughs> by it but it's how it's received not not how it was given you know absolutely because yeah you don't know what's happened to her previously to that exactly. and like what what that's sparking in yeah. terms of like fear and all those sorts of things yeah it's it's changing so there's a that's a, good yeah a, i know well that's what's exciting yeah it's great like hanging out with younger women and just like like seeing how you know they just don't see it in the same way and that's like fantastic and yeah. like yeah well, i got called out recently because I've, I've just done my 100th episode of this podcast Amazing. And someone asked me to do a breakdown of, uh, so I said yes, and I, I don't know why I was concerned, because I, I just speak to artists that I like. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't look at their, their race, religion, sex, you know, and it, it turned out, oh, now I haven't got the numbers on me, but I think it was 44% women. Oh, that's pretty good. I was, well, I'm not surprised, I just because I didn't know what the number was going to be. I didn't yeah, know it yeah. was going to be 25 or 75, you know. But so, yeah. from then, I said, well, I'm going to make positive um, steps to, to make it 50-50, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, if, if it's, like, in the back of your head and, like, you are already sort of viewing women as important to talk to and, like, relevant, then that's cool. Like, I think, like, 90% guys and then you're like, oh, no, I've got to get a token woman. And, like, <laughs> I sort of, like... You know, I've been the, I've been the token woman before, and people have you know even told me, oh, we need to get more. And you're like, oh, like, you know, do you even it, like it my work? Genuine, is it? Does it? No, and that's what I don't like. So, um, if you wasn't an artist, Joe, what would you like to to be? <laughs> I always wanted to be like a backing dancer to like a sort of avant-garde music act. Nice. Like, if I could wear like an all-in-one like sequin suit and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be it yeah yeah before? elements of it yeah i've not i've never had the full like sequin suit on stage experience you know but, yeah um i know it's a bit of a funny old time at the moment and what have you got coming up joe what have i got well I've, i'm starting mural tomorrow in leeds um nice. that should be fun how long do they normally but, take um this one i've got like a couple of weeks like planned out so that i like you know got a bit of flexibility with like weather and all that sort of thing What's and the um i haven't measured it like specifically but it's pretty long it's like a uh, 30 meters 40 meters Shit, something like that nice. it's quite a long one yeah maybe not that i don't know i get so confused yeah, I think it's yeah, it's long by thirty. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that high. It's like it's along the edge of a market. Nice in the in Morley, south of Leeds. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because obviously, like, I've hardly had any work this year. Like, it's yeah. been proper like 
tumbleweeds, which uh, <laughs> yeah, you, so, you're not on your own there, are you? Yeah, which I've yeah, I have enjoyed. Like I've literally been dying for this break for ages. So yeah. Sorry, how many mules mm. did you usually do a year? Like eight, nine. Like, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was getting to like, and because in the summer I could do like a couple, like two or three a month sometimes. If it was like, yeah. Oh, it's nice to get out of the studio and do stuff oh, on yeah. a scale, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. I just love the, um, just being in, like, I just, I'm not very good on the computer and like all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, so I just like love getting out and like having an excuse to not answer an email. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not a bad yeah. excuse at all. So where can anyone see your work? be it website or social media website jpl.com which i need to update but um you know it's there there's, there's stuff on it <laughs> and my social media which is like more current is there uh, well i'm on like twitter as well but i don't do it very often but um, instagram's like my main thing and yeah. i do at joe underscore peel excellent yeah. joe just all my questions asked oh lovely Thank you very much for your time, Joe. Cool. Lovely to chat. All right. See you later. Bye. There we go, Joe Pill. As I said at the start of this podcast, I've been wanting to speak to Joe for absolutely ages. And it was quite strange to think that I've known her work for so long. We've both got so many of the same mates. And it just so happens that our paths never crossed until today. And even then it was still on bloody Zoom, but it still counts, right? At the start of the podcast, we mentioned that the Kensington and Chelsea Art Festival is coming to an end at the end of the month. And as I mentioned, we've created several podcasts with some of the featured artists. And just to give you an insight into some of the work that you'll see at the Kensington and Chelsea Art Festival, take a look at our recent back catalogue of commissioned podcasts. There's Fiona Grady, episode 114, Louise Hall, episode 119, Lee Baker of Graphic Rewilding, 1, 2, 3. Zach Ovey at episode 125. Amy Jackson at 128. Miss L.R. Vandy at 129. And last but not least, The Man Who Saved the World, episode 113, Yan Skates. And if you don't know that world-saving reference, then you obviously haven't listened to that episode. So shoot over and have a listen to find out. So, that's me for this week. Thanks for listening. Keep safe. Toodle pip. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening, and until next week. Sad off.